coming up on the Write Something Worthy podcast. What got you here is not going to get you there where you're trying to go. So how do you make sure you continue to go through that process so you're positioned for those opportunities and you are being more intentional about what is your purpose, how do you fulfill that, and walking through those different steps. Welcome to the Worthy Writer edition of the Write Something Worthy podcast. Each month, we bring you an informative interview that helps you to live your best life as an entrepreneur. And now, your host, Tanya Brockett. Welcome to a special Worthy Writer edition of the Write Something Worthy podcast. Today, I'd like you to meet Marissa Lee, who is a career activist, HR strategist, leadership coach, and author, disrupting and transforming workplaces through leadership development. She is the founder of So Evolve LLC, which believes in the power of people to elevate and innovate the world. They have a twofold mission. One, to create value by empowering organizations to achieve success through their people, and two, to improve the representation of black women in power leadership positions in corporate environments. Marissa specializes in helping organizations improve their employee engagement and retention, strengthen their leadership pipeline, and address intersectional needs as it pertains to the development and retention of black women. She's committed to creating employers and leaders of choice through her consulting, coaching, and her book, Why I Broke Up With My Company. Please welcome author Marissa Lee to the special Worthy Writer edition of the Write Something Worthy podcast. Welcome, Marissa, to the Write Something Worthy podcast and our special edition for Books by Black Women. Thank you so much, Tanya. I am so excited to be here, to be able to talk about my book and um, Black Women, so two of my favorite topics. (laughs) Well, that's terrific. (laughs) We really appreciate your being here, too. So before we get going or get started too deep into your book, because I have some questions for you in that regard, can you tell me a little bit about your background and what led you to writing your book, Why I Broke Up With My Company? Thank you. That is a great question. So, yes, I am a career activist. A little bit about me been in the HR space for over 13 years, providing support for Fortune 500 companies. I've had the opportunity to have my own business and provide support um, for different businesses as they look to uh, elevate from a leadership perspective. So we at So Evolve focus in on transforming and disrupting organizations um, through leadership, leadership development. And so that has been a big part of my story. And um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, my book and Black women are two of my favorite topics. I am a Black woman. <laughs> so I uh, definitely um, lean into um, the lived experiences of Black women and learning experiences from other Black women because, you know, there's um, different pieces that are the same and then things that are are different. And so being able to embrace that and um, that's a part of my story and and journey and the impact that I'm looking to make uh, in this world. Is it because of your corporate career and 
your experience as a black woman that you decided to write the book to address issues with career ownership or what? Yeah. So when I started writing my book, it was therapy for me. I was going through um, just different work experiences and I needed to process that. So it started off as the micro why of, you know, what was Marissa dealing with? What was she going through and how did she overcome, right? And as I went through that piece of thinking through uh, it from that perspective, I started to um, realize it's bigger than me. It's bigger than my own experience. And how can I help other people as they're going along on their journey? And so my micro why ended up transitioning to my macro why to be able to make that impact for other people on you can own your career. There will be ups and downs. And there will be times where you're like, I'm not trying to do this. (laughs) But when you reach those times, how do you handle that? How do you navigate through that? And how do you make sure um, you're, you're thoughtful about the steps that you're taking? And so I really wanted to tell that aspect of that story. Uh, based off of my own experience and empower other people to say, you can do it too, and you can own your career in a more powerful way. You know, there's something that I have said on my Write Something Worthy podcast for a, a long time, and that is don't hog your journey. And I appreciate that through your therapeutic writing experience, you discovered something that you could share with others that could make a positive difference in their lives. So I appreciate that you uh, chose publishing and a book to as a medium for doing so. What I discovered as I was uh, reading your book is you really do have a wonderful thoughtful process that you take the readers through. And you've got the, the moniker Evolve. Can you tell us about that and about the steps in the E-V-O-L-V-E? Yes. So Evolve is definitely near and dear to my heart, part of the name of my company, So Evolve, but really helping people to position themselves to win. And you can't always use the example of, of Apple and how they continue to put out new editions of iPhones and all of their products. And I'm like, don't let Apple um, upgrade you. Like, <laughs> like it, they out upgrade you, so to speak, where they continue to bring out the next uh, evolution of their products over and over again. And so the focus is on that is to help people think of what got you here is not going to get you there where you're trying to go. So how do you make sure you continue to go through that process so you're positioned for those opportunities and you are being more intentional about what is your purpose, how do you fulfill that, and walking through those different steps. So Evolve is is a uh, a framework that helps to support with that, with the E first starting with evaluation. And that fits into um, the overall piece of um, getting clarity. A lot of times when people go through that process 
or they're thinking about their career, they just take steps and and do things. But what do those things connect with? And if you go for a job, how does that connect with you getting to your target job? And when you take these different opportunities, how does that help with you fulfilling your purpose? Like it's bigger than just the role you're going after. It's bigger than just that development opportunity. You have to see it in connection with that bigger picture. So the E starts with the evaluation. The V is around vocalizing the first V, vocalizing um, you know, what you want, what you're looking for, making it known, and then owning that, owning those different, the purpose that you have and walking in that, owning what where you need help and owning where you you thrive you know and you have your strengths so being able to understand that part helps you be able to execute on the latter part um um of the evolve framework which the the l is for liberate when you understand you have clarity about your journey you're able to speak up and authentically share what you're going after what you're doing and own that, that brings about a freedom. And that is huge in as you go throughout the process because when you operate in a space of freedom and, and a feeling of being free, you are more apt to have that courage to challenge. You are more apt to go after those things that you wouldn't have necessarily gone after. You are more apt to get outside of your comfort zone. And so that's where the part of the liberation of once you've done these things, how is this opening you up for more opportunities? How is it creating that space? And then the last two pieces is it validating in connection with your purpose and then elevating. You take it to the next level. Now you've gone through this phase. How do you level up and level up again and level up? So to the point of like you are not necessarily completely reinventing yourself, but you are putting yourself in the position to do that next level of things that you've been called to do. And um, that's where the evolve process comes into play. And it fits into the overall so evolve framework of clarity, confidence, and, and championing yourself. Wow, that is an incredible framework. And I saw in the book, it actually helps the readers to work through it step by step and gives them the examples and, you know, the guidance that they need to make that possible for themselves. Now, one thing that really struck me is you talked about the Apple and the new versions of, you know, of their own uh, self, if you will. It is so common for people in the work world to be stagnant, to get a job and just stay there, not grow, not improve, not iterate. But you're suggesting that they need to keep moving. They need to keep growing and not just settle for the status quo once they get it. Yes? Yes, I agree with that. I advocate for that. Mm. But that may look different for people. And when when I say evolve, that doesn't mean necessarily you're switching up position. Um, it's more so you have the understanding of what is your assignment in life? What's your purpose? How do you fulfill that? 
And then how are you making sure you execute on what is specifically for you? So there are some people who get into roles and they're more, um, they're lifers. They love what they do and they don't have the aspiration to want to be somebody's CEO or want to be somebody's senior leader. And that's okay. But it's understanding what is a part of their, their journey. What do they do well? What can they do better? And then leaning into that. Good. And I think that's important for your reader to understand is you're not pressuring them to, oh, you got to do something else. You got to do something else. Surely there's something better than what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not what you're suggesting. (laughs) Right. I don't want to feel the pressure of um, my expectation of what I feel growth is. They have to have that understanding of what is their expectation. And then if they're in the confines of an organization, what is that organization's expectation? Because you have to marry that a little bit if you are looking to grow in uh, in that company. So having that understanding to say, you know, what you have to offer, what is that organization looking for, and um, the value you bring and, and as you continue on your journey. So I definitely think that that's important, but you shouldn't feel the pressure of somebody else wanting you to do something. So, for example, if somebody, you're great and an expert in your space, but you're more of a subject matter expert and somebody's trying to get you to be a, um, a people leader and you don't want to do that, that's not in your, your, your wheelhouse of expertise, it's okay to say, I'm not interested in that. I prefer being a subject matter expert what does that look like in the confines of the organization? How can I be that known entity on this specific topic? Is that connected to a capability or a technology or whatever inside of that organization that they can also leverage? And then if not, then you go and find that so it connects with the expectation that you have for your own career growth. That's a very important point to make. A lot of people end up growing sometimes in ways within the organizations that they have no desire to grow into because mm-hmm. they don't establish that boundary. And maybe maybe they're at that point where they're not vocalizing what it is that they truly desire and how they see themselves growing with the organization itself. And, yeah. and, and instead, they just, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that was that. Pretty important. Now, you know, one thing that struck me was your uh, book cover. Now, from an author's perspective, can you tell me about your book cover, Why I Broke Up With My Company, Lessons in Career Ownership? Tell me about your cover. Yes. Um, I wanted my book cover to catch people's attention. I wanted them to, like, if they were walking by and Glenn's, that they would take a couple of steps back and say, well, what is this? Let me let me read a little bit in the inside to see what this is uh, saying. And it's so interesting because uh, I've had people tell me, you know, the, the book title is quite interesting. And I'm like, yeah, it's a bit provocative, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and that was by design and for a reason to make people stop and think 
And in the story um, or in the book, I leverage love relationships and use that as a parallel to talk about working relationships and how there are a lot of similarities and a high correlation into things that you experience and, you know, a personal relationship and, and what you experience in the workplace as well. And so um, it was very important for me to speak in that way so it can resonate with people. Um, and then also really um, hone in on the fact of, you know, some of the opportunities and challenges when you are in um, these working environments. In addition to your cover being striking, which I will make sure we have an actual image of in our show notes so that everybody will be able to see it and then hop on over to buy it. But um, the the phrase career ownership, I have to say, that is not something that I was familiar with. And the concept of that, I'd, I'd like to learn more about that. What is career ownership? Career ownership is basically you are driving your career. So once it's all said and done, that, that falls on you. There are people there to assist and help with that. So that may be HR. That may be your um, your direct manager. It could be sponsors. It could be coaches that you hire to support you in the process. But you have to have some understanding about what you want to do, where you want to go, and take powerful steps towards that. And being able to say, this is what I'm declaring about what what I want to do in my career and the impact that I want to be able to have. Now, how do I get there? What experiences do I need to make sure I get there? Who can I leverage? And who should I be involving in this process of me getting to where I'm trying to go in my career? And so there's a piece of... Um, owning your power when you own your career versus waiting for things to happen to you. And it also helps with your engagement in the process. You're always waiting for your supervisor to say, oh, here's a, here's a new role coming up. Or for HR, like you may be waiting forever. And then you're going to be upset <laughs> because it's like, oh, well, what about me for this opportunity? And there are times where you have to go after what you want and go after what is, uh, um, what is necessary for you to be able to operate in purpose, on purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why I am very vocal, as I mentioned before, being that career activist, very vocal in um, people owning their careers, owning the environments they want to work in, owning um, what experiences that they want to have, and then going after and making it happen. That is so important, I have to say. I mean, the, the thought of career ownership, you know, usually you're just like, well, I'm just doing this career. This is just what I do. But I don't hear people speak of it by taking ownership and saying, this is how I see this career going for me. This is how I want it to go. These are the people I need to know to make that so. These are the steps I need to take. I don't hear of it that way. So I think that is absolutely fabulous that you're encouraging the reader to really take ownership. You know, I, I 
have always appreciated uh, Jack Canfield. He has a book called The Success Principles. And the very first principle is taking 100% ownership of your life and your results. Here, you are encouraging the reader to take ownership of your career. Don't just wait for it to happen for you. I just think that is phenomenal because there are so many people who are just sitting and waiting for that raise, waiting for yes. that opportunity. This raise, promote. You're telling them, go get it. <laughs> yes, go get it. I really like that. And you know, I am a mother of three brilliant and beautiful, fabulous daughters, and they are just, you know, beginning their journeys, right? Um, one mm -hmm. is, two of them are still in college, but they're going to be working their way out. And then one of them is early in her engineering career. And I can just see her getting a hold of a book like this early in her career so that she can really carve her path instead of wishing that she had this book 20 years from now or, you know, 10 years from now and saying, dag. I wish I had done a little evolving as I was going along. <laughs> yes. It would be helpful for those who are starting off in their career. And then even if somebody is later in their career and they're they're at a crossroads or they're thinking about, okay, what is my next move? And what I was intentional about in the book is not only having the evolved framework, but giving worksheets or prompts for people to reflect on what are your non-negotiables? How do you know you've dealt with the baggage of, a, you know, a toxic work environment? Um, and really thinking through those things and then learning from other people's scenarios because I have two um, real-life stories in there uh, around people's experience of their career ownership and some of the challenges that they face where there are similarities and, there's, and there were differences. Um, so being able to understand that and what that means for you as you reflect on your own story and how, how do you use that to continue to push you forward and also make that impact. And I always come back to that because our purpose is not for us. It's for us to serve others. And when you understand that and you're in position, then you being in position helps the person or the people you are supposed to serve get into position. When you're out of position and they're waiting on you, <laughs> then that's mm. delaying them as well. And so it's really important that you do own your your process. You do own your purpose in that regard and being able to fully execute that. And I've learned that early just being a, a, a woman of God and, and um, you know, from a faith standpoint of what God was calling me to do in my life and the position part of if I'm not in alignment, how that impacts other people. And so it's definitely something um, that I also advocate as um, people are going through their journey, you have to understand your positioning and you have to get in position so you can help those people who you, you're put here to help. You know, that is a different perspective as well because a lot of people just assume, well, you know, my job is all about me. I mean, what does that have to do with other people? When you think of yourself as being of service, 
that really does change your perspective and also makes you not want to just rest on your laurels, right? Just sit back and, yeah, I'll just float through this and whatever. Well, if other people are waiting for you, they're like, you know, you need to float on. You need to float a little faster here. Right. I'm, I'm waiting for you. <laughs> but we're not on this journey alone, right? There are people who I'm sure have helped you along the way. There are people who have definitely helped me along the way. But if they hadn't gone through what they went through and got to the place where they were to be able to support me in that time, then what? Maybe somebody else comes along. Maybe I'm still waiting. There's a lot of scenarios that can could be at play. But I just always feel the more that we can be in that right space, right time, continuing our our growth and development, we will be in the right space to help someone else along along the way. And I'm not saying that a part of your journey isn't about, you know, you getting yours because that is also the piece of where a lot of times, um, you know, people just give, 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 and the reciprocity isn't there. I'm like, use wisdom, okay? <laughs> I'm not saying just use wisdom in that process, but overall, you are here to serve. We all are. So, how are we serving? And that that leads to the impact that we have, the value we're creating. Um, and it's, it's, it's definitely powerful, and it makes for a more powerful experience versus if you just center yourself. Well, you know, you bring up a, a good point, though. How are you serving and how oftentimes uh, people just give, give, give? And if you think about it from a black woman's perspective, my impression, and, you know, as a black woman, I have a totally different perspective than other black women may have, to be honest, but <laughs> my perception is black women give all the time. They give yes. to their families. They give to their men. They give to their children. They give to their community, and they're constantly give, give, giving, and so one of the things that black women, I believe, in particular need to understand is that you, there's a circular effect here that you can't give all the time and be in balance. You have to receive as well. <laughs> and, and don't block the blessing of others who are trying to give to you. Yes. Right? Yes. Give them the opportunity to serve. How can they serve if you're always giving? <laughs> right? So uh, like, we have to learn how to receive. I totally agree with that. And that is one of the things, like, even on my own journey, it's like you get used to being the superwoman. You get used to figuring it out regardless of what's thrown your way. That's just a part of um, you know, being a black woman, you figure it out, you save the day. And a part of that, um, like where, you know, you were mentioning asking for help. I had to learn to do that. It wasn't inherent where I'm like, oh, let me go ask. Um, because it just kind of came along with the flow of, okay, these are expectations. We talked earlier about expectations that people have. These are the expectations of a black woman and kind of um, either pushing back on stereotypes to make sure like, oh, nobody's going to be able to say this about me or 
just doing exceedingly above what people expect because of the stereotypes that were there. And so being able to, like you said, not be out of balance, to take some time to rest, to not take on everybody's expectations um, for for me. It was it was really important and critical in my journey, and I'm continuing to learn that in different aspects as well. But that's something that I also speak to other Black women about. We have to really understand and give ourselves more grace in that space, um, as so we aren't depleted as we're feeling other people. And like you said. We don't block other people's blessings because they're supposed to be helping us. And then we don't block our own um, because we aren't creating that space for people to pour back into us. Yes, yes. Being uh, a black woman who works in corporate America and your company works with like Fortune 500 companies and stuff like that. (laughs) Do you find a lot of pushback to you specifically being the one to disseminate the information that a company needs in order to grow? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's a loaded question. (laughs) I'm like, let me think about this a little bit, right? Um, You know, (laughs) overall, I would say in my experience, um, just my style and approach usually leaves that space for people to engage from a collaborative standpoint um, and also get insight on my thought process on what what should be happening. And when you come in as a consultant, there's a different posturing, a different um, positioning that, uh, you know, one can take versus if you are inside of an organization and you are working, um, you know, within a department. Um, and so I would say in my business, when people are coming to me, they know they need help. So they are more apt to listen and understand, you know, what solutions I'm providing and look to implement and, and execute. I would say more the influencing has to uh, be put into effect within organizations as an employee because there's just the the scope of the internal organization dynamics, um, other competing demands inside that you have to factor in. And so I'm even more thoughtful of like, what is that strategy in going through getting that additional buy-in? And that's not saying I don't have strategy with my business because we definitely have strategy. It's more so, like I said earlier, people are coming because they know they need help. Sometimes in the organization, they don't know they need help or they know they need help and they don't want to get help. And you have to help them see, no, you need some help. (laughs) So you really need some help. (laughs) Right. That's more the difference um, in those dynamics. I have been in situations throughout my working life. I I won't call it a career because it's been a for different paths, where I've been, as I sometimes say, I've been, I've been the only, you know, speck of pepper in a sea of salt. And that brings with it some potential challenges. And 
I, I don't know how others have handled it. To be honest, it's not something that I've had a whole lot of conversations with other black women about how are you treated in those situations? Are you respected in those situations? Are you, you know, can you have any chance of success in those situations? And I think it really depends on what those situations are. But I am so used to being the only one that when I think about the situations being reversed, how nervous people become. If they had to be the only one in a Mm -hmm. scenario, they would be a lot less comfortable um, than they are. And I I had the opportunity, quite frankly, to uh, sort of create that environment once in a a working situation that I was in. A group of of employee friends of mine, we were going out, right? And Mm -hmm. this is when I was younger, and it was a big corporate setting and international firm and all that kind of good stuff. Well, normally, as per usual, I'm the only person of color there. Uh, certainly the only black woman there. And and oftentimes the environments that we're going into don't change that a whole lot, right? There may be a few others that show up like me, but for the most part, there's a, a strong imbalance. Well, one time we went to a different place where the, the balance was flipped. And the impression, you could just, see it on the faces of those I was with, the level of discomfort that they felt being in that environment. And I'm like, look, still music, they're still dancing, there's still a bar, what's the difference, right? But you, right. they got a little, a little uh, taste of what it could be like in my world, but in my world, I'm not uncomfortable no matter where I go. Yeah. If you have a problem with me, that's your problem. It's not mine. So I don't tend to take that on, but you know, for some people it is a discomfort. And so as a woman stepping into a corporate environment who is a woman of authority, who is a subject matter expert or expert of some sort, she has to be strong and maintain that strength, know who she is when she walks into that be free to express herself as she is and not shrink back, continue to vocalize, just a part of your evolved system. She's got to stand up for herself. And then um, in so doing, uh, she will validate herself in that environment. And they will validate her as well. That's something that I have discovered that that validation will come from others, not just yourself. And that then elevates you. But even if you don't get the validation from others, you still can elevate. (laughs) And that's the other piece. We, at times, are waiting for the validation from people who are never going to give it to you. They're not. And you have to be okay with that. And you have to understand, like, you're not here for everybody. You're here for somebody to, like we talked about earlier, to service and things, but everybody's not going to validate what you're doing. They're not going to like what you're doing, and that's okay. Those aren't and your it people. it doesn't matter. 
That's right. Take up room, take up space. That's the part of, like you mentioned earlier, being confident in um, those different environments, knowing you belong. And that has been something that has helped me since I was younger, um, having that confidence and being able to operate in that confidence. And even from that standpoint, everybody doesn't like that you're confident, <laughs> but that's not my, my problem. That's a you problem. Mm-hmm. That's a me problem. There's a difference between confidence and arrogance. And I definitely like if you're arrogant, that's something totally different. That's not what I'm talking about here. But a confidence in who you are, what you do, how you can make that impact, what you bring to the table, how you are at the table. Like, yes, own all of that and continue to elevate to that next level. Yes, I, I absolutely agree. Can I ask you a question or two about your experience as an author? Because many mm-hmm. of those uh, that listen to the podcast are those who are aspiring to be authors or authors again. Tell me about your publishing experience. What was that like for you? Did you, you know, walk into it knowingly? How, you know, what was the process like for you to become an author? I didn't know anything. <laughs> so I walked in. I need to find somebody to help me bring this story to life. And so there were, once I got my book, or at least the first draft um, copywritten, there were different publishing companies that reached out to me like, yes, we want to bring this to life and we want to work with you. And I definitely look to vet them and I'm like, no, like when I'm starting looking at the support they were going to provide, the cost that was associated with this, the return to me, I'm like, I want to get this out there and, and help. But this seems like I'm I'm padding somebody else's pockets <laughs> just to get this out. So I wanted to be uh, cost effective as well. Um, in my in my journey. So I had a criteria of a couple of things. Of one, I wanted a knowledgeable firm because I considered going um the independent publishing route, but I didn't really know how to do that. And so when I was thinking of the ease of getting the book out and I wanted to get the, the book out sooner rather than later, that was going to require me to have to do uh, more learning and due diligence in that re- regards of actually learning the ins and outs of that process. So I opted on finding an, uh, a company that could support me with that. And I asked around for referrals. So other than the, the companies that reached out to me, I tapped into my network and said, hey, you know, do you know people who have come out with books? Who published their book? What was their experience? Um, So I looked to get insight from their experience, and that brought me to Silvertree, who did my book, and it was amazing. The team um, really supported me, gave me insight on what the publishing process was like, what I could expect every step of the way. Um, I had the opportunity to work with um, Stephanie Baker with the with the marketing strategy and really thinking about it strategically about how to have that uh, content roll out in connection with the book to drum up excitement so people can understand my why and why it should matter to them. And so I really had, um, I had, I would say a very, 
a very good experience um, for my first book because it could have been, it could have went tragic. <laughs> I've heard of the horror That's stories right. of people who have taken their book to somebody and they just don't handle it with care. And my book was my baby. So I need to make sure whoever was going to help was going to take care of my baby the way I would take care of my baby. And um, Silver Tree under um, uh, Kate Colbert definitely supported me with being able to do that. That's terrific. And yes, you're right. Not every first time author can say that. Um, right. Many, uh, many that I have that have come to me either as they have been exploring their self-publishing path or their publishing path in general, or after they've done it once and now they want to try to do it better. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've heard a lot of those stories. Now, I, you know, am, aside from being a podcast host, I am also a book coach, a ghostwriter, and a copy editor. So I've taken people through the entire publishing process or help them to understand it so that then when they came up to the next service provider, they knew what to expect, knew what to ask, or knew how to handle themselves. But yeah, you can be a deer in the headlights when it comes to publishing. Yeah, and if I could jump in there, that is really important in the process. So as I was going through the process, I looked to learn. I didn't look to just say, okay, here you go, figure it out. I, I wanted to understand all the different aspects. So with creating the logo, with creating um, the the book cover, the difference in the layout that was going to happen. So I was really involved in every step of the way. I was also on time. So if you are writing a book, let, let me say this, help your publisher by getting your stuff done <laughs> when you say you're going to get it done because that helped the process run really smoothly. If we we went through and created this project plan um, and I was on time with that and if there were any shifts on both sides, we had a conversation to keep that alignment so we can reach the 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 date when the book was going to come out. And I know that is not always the experience for publishers um, as they are supporting other people with getting their books out. So that was definitely something that um, I valued in the process. And then I also valued the challenge from the standpoint of there were aspects in the book where the uh, editor, uh, she would say, well, what does this mean? Go deeper, as opposed to this is just fine. So editing from the standpoint to make sure you are delivering a comprehensive um, book as opposed to just getting the book out there. So you want to make sure like you're connected with somebody who is uh, thinking about your best interest and making sure you are putting the best product out there as opposed to, okay, I got my check and <laughs> I, I right. what I you want somebody who's a partner in the process with you. Absolutely. That is terrific. And I, I just received a, a, a fabulous testimonial from a client just the other day who said, you know, you not only helped me to get through, to understand and get these things done, but you helped me to understand you took my hand and took me through this process and I'm so grateful and it was just the sweetest thing because I want people to write 
something worthy. I don't want you to just put a book out there that looks like crap so that you can make money on the first fool who buys it because they say, Dad, I already spent the money. <laughs> um, I want I want you to you know create something that's worthy of your legacy, worthy of your credibility, worthy of your brand, worthy of your name. And so so yeah, that's awesome that you were able to find that in your first rodeo. So I'm really grateful for that for you because that doesn't always happen for a lot of first-time authors. So right, good for you to share that experience. I appreciate that. So when are you going to come out with something new? What's next for you from <laughs> an authorship perspective? I'm laughing because, like, right after I got my first book out, then people were like, oh, so when's the next book out? It's like they talk about <laughs> people when they have their first child. Then it's like, oh, well, when are you having the next one? Um, uh-huh. So for me, I'm not sure. I I didn't um, have on my, like, wish list to write a book from the beginning, and it, and it, it materialized. It evolved, and it was a part of something that I needed to get out. And so I always keep myself open to um, what God is leading me to do. And if that means another book, then another book will come. I have been a writer since um, I was, you know, sixth grade. I used to write poetry all the time and I used to do Mm -hmm. songwriting. So expressing myself in written form is something that I value and uh, I really love to do. So as I continue on my journey, really focusing in on leadership development and supporting Black women in working environments, um, I am sure something will come out of that. I can just feel it. What that is, uh, I can't say right now, but definitely I need everybody to stay connected (laughs) just to see what that is. That it eventually is birthed, um, you know, out of me. Well, that's wonderful. I and and sometimes you do have to stay open because many authors didn't see themselves being there in the first place, right? Yeah. And just as you did not, but they, <laughs> the book had to come out of them. They had to share that message. I am so grateful to have had this time with you today, Marissa. It has been fantabulous, and I know that um, people are going to get so much out of it that they can start looking at themselves and their career and look at where it is, taking ownership of where they want to be and decide where they want to go from from there. So can you tell our listeners how best they can connect with you after the show? Now, mind you, all of your contact information will be in our show notes. And like I said, I'm going to make sure your book cover is there too. And Thank that's you. best viewed on our website. But um, where else can they find you? Yes. First, I want to thank you for inviting me and for the great conversation we had today. I just really appreciate learning from your perspective and point of view and just creating this space for me to share my story. So thank you for that. Um, for um, those listening, you can connect with me at uh, soevolve.com if you would like to work with me. I list um, a little bit more about my organization and how you would be able to do that, whether you are a black woman looking to evolve, then you could be a part of 
an accelerator that I have, or you are a leader looking to to grow um, on your current journey, there are different options there. And I would love to hear from you and support you in that capacity um, in your organization's solutions when it comes to leadership development. Um, I am all social media platforms. When I say all, the, I would say the big four. <laughs> mm-hmm. I haven't got on TikTok yet, but I am on uh, <laughs> in. Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. All of them are I am Marissa Lee. Uh, Facebook, there's a little slight twist where it's I'm, I am Marissa Lee. They wouldn't let me get the I am. Y'all go talk to Facebook about that. (laughs) But it's pretty Ah. consistent across all the different platforms. And I would love to hear from you all. So make sure you connect with me. Um, let me know you heard the podcast. Let me know your thoughts. Mm. Definitely want to uh, continue on this journey with you all. Thank you so much. I truly, truly appreciate your being here with me. And I will look forward to another time when we get to get back on this podcast yeah. another time later on in uh, in the season. So thank you again for being here. We have to. You, you all heard it. That means I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks so much. Bye now. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to the Worthy Writer edition of the Write Something Worthy podcast. If you'd like to know more about today's guest or even to reach out to them, you can find all of their information in our show notes at writesomethingworthy.com.